0: What is up everybody welcome to another edition of the mafia men me and my brother jake jordan this is first round by we got oh man we got a star-studded uh lineup tonight like this is absolutely crazy first of all my man jake jordan uh little lowdown every single friday built in buffalo podcast network uh then the founder one of the men who gave me an opportunity so appreciative of this man uh he's done a whole bunch from for me and just Everything he's he's part of the reason why I am where I am, so I appreciate it so much. My man a rich is King Rich. And um <laughs> we got Buffalo's favorite brother. Like, I mean, come on, who doesn't know brother Bill? One of the coolest men out. Just I, I don't even really need an introduction. introduction. Like, this is brother Bill. This is brother Bill, right? And I mean, we got another person who really doesn't need an introduction, but <laughs> <Chris Curtis. laughs> awesome (laughs) absolutely absolutely so it oh man this is this is going to be a great show guys Uh, i really appreciate you guys coming on uh yeah let's talk some football well before we talk football do have to give a shout out to brother bill and uh the the charity that um he helped to uh build money for uh he he had a a nice little interaction with a a, you know just a a well-known wrestler somebody you know you know, just uh Mister Tommy Dreamer himself. So, uh, preceding the Bills game, let's just say the Bills game um, on Sunday, he he had a let's call it an incident, right? <laughs> uh, do you mind if we uh, show show them uh, what's going on? Yeah, there you go, ahead,
1: man? man. All right, cool.
2: Did that bro, How are you gonna no sell Tommy Dreamer like that? Oh. come on. Bro. Okay,
1: like I'm a, I like <laughs> wrestling, but I'm not like OD in the community. Mm. i haven't been getting chirped like relentlessly for no selling. <laughs> like my Instagram has been like, you, you fucking no, sh- no sell Tommy Dreamer. Like fuck you. And I'm like, yeah, bro, no I'm just shit. having fun. I didn't realize. Bro, I was, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. All, like rolling around acting, but right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. such a good job of like taking care <laughs> of him and not hurting him that he didn't get hurt, and he was like, "I'm okay." <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, hey, we we definitely don't want
0: did. we we don't want him getting injured anyway. So it, it's good to see you healthy, bro. Uh, you know, great to see you know both of you guys uh coming on the show. We really appreciate the love. Um, so we might as well check in with the comments real quick. We got a couple people in the house. Uh obviously definitely we got a uh, you know some love for brother bill we got some love for chris my man dominic i appreciate the love bro yeah, I too. absolutely uh, and we i got- saw the video you guys chugging some beers back that was pretty cool absolutely but uh we might as well get right into it uh jake you want to start us off bro um i know that uh, i mean we got such a great lineup and we have to talk about a loss unfortunately um but, Jake, give me your opinion on the games, bro. What were you thinking about it? Just overall.
2: So, so this is the show where we're just going to come and say outrageous things, right? And we're just going to come mm-hmm. here and overreact. Obviously. It's
0: Monday, so we're That's allowed to do that.
2: Okay. Uh, because I swear, every single thing that I have seen since that game has been just people losing their minds like it's the end of the season, bro. Like I, you, You'd think we lost the damn Super Bowl yesterday after everything that we've heard uh the game obviously didn't go the way we wanted it to I would say that a lot of us probably underestimated the Pittsburgh Steelers uh a lot of us thought this was an automatic dub you know of course realistic people probably you know were like hey this Steelers team they've retooled a little bit their defense it's got they got Mike Tomlin I mean I don't know why people thought we were just gonna walk over them but Uh, You know, it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Obviously, there's a lot of factors in it. Uh, You know, some people who were at the game probably didn't get to see as much as, you know, people who watched it at home just because of the whole stadium environment. Didn't get to see it in detail. But, you know, there were a lot of things that kind of went into it. I think our defense, I really liked how they kind of stepped up during this game. It was definitely this game felt more like a 2019 Buffalo Bills game than it did a last year's Buffalo Bills game. Because the defense was there, but the offense just couldn't get it done. Absolutely, I
0: think that's a very fair assessment. Now, I know, A Rich, I know you super opinionated, so I kind of want to save you for the end, because yes, I, course, know, of course, <laughs> of I know you got some hot stuff to give us real quick. So, um, uh, Brother Bill and uh, you know Chris, you guys want to give us a, your opinions on the game? I know you guys were
1: at the game, right? Yeah, we were there. Um, you know, it's just like it's 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 frustrating to see the fans turning so fast because like, you know, we have been through so much and we've seen so much bad that uh, it's kind of funny to me that like so fast we're ready to be like this is like Josh isn't worth the money blah 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 like bad games happen I don't care if you're the best team in the league I don't care if you're Aaron Rodgers I don't care if you're Tom Brady I've seen them both start the start the season off with L's and not playing their best and like it's not the end of the world like. We know what Josh did. I know there wasn't a crowd crowd in all the stands last year, and I, I feel like people are using that as, like, an excuse as to, like, he can't play with a crowd. Like, he's a professional athlete. He can play with a the crowd. There's tough matchups. There's tough games. Like, it happens, and it sucks it's the first game. But this isn't the end of the world. This isn't the end of this team. Josh Allen, we know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's a franchise quarterback. He's going to get it right. We got Miami next week, who he suns every time we play, and I think that's the best thing that could happen is, like, get his confidence up. Go out there, do what he does to Miami, and and silence everything and just get back on track.
3: I agree with everything you said. So I agree. <laughs> I just feel like we're less than three years removed from, like, the 6 and 10. Like, Nathan Peterman was on our team less than three years ago. Like, I don't want Bills fans to forget where we came from. Like, let's not get spoiled. Like, losing a home opener is a bummer, but uh, fans got to relax, man. Fans got to relax, and that's all I got.
0: Absolutely. I 100 percent agree. Um, people definitely jumped out the window after uh, yesterday's game. King Rich,
4: what you thinking, brother? It's one game. It's one game. We all know that the NFL is a marathon and not a sprint. Right. So if we use that analogy and take heed to that analogy, we got to understand that this is a long season. And of course, it didn't work out the way we wanted to the first game. Right. Right. Uh, It was because of the way we played is I think was is the most shocking thing about it, you know, because we had uh, more passing yards. I alluded to yesterday. We had more passing yards. We had more rushing yards. We had more first downs. We had time of possession by over seven minutes. We ran 24 more plays. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't do anything special to win this game. This was more about the indictment on the Buffalo Bills. And as much as we don't want to see it, it's good for us to see because. Adversity and losing early is something that Sean McDermott never had to endure since he became the Buffalo Bills head coach. So this is new adversity and new experience for this core Uh and another hurdle to get through. I think it's gonna make us tougher at the end. Let's see how we adjust to how the rest of the NFL adjusted to us.
0: Absolutely. I, I think you said it very well. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely round of applause.
2: <laughs> um, real
0: quick, we got a super chat in the building, Brooke built in Buffalo's first lady we appreciate you Brooke it's been one week y'all needed a dose of reality that's it I think that's very well said um
2: oops sorry I think that Brooke's super chat already I that was kind of one of the first things that came to my mind it's like maybe this Bills team needed to get punched in the mouth maybe that's what needed to happen maybe they needed this to be able to now go into like I didn't as soon as we lost, yeah, I was bummed. Obviously, I woke up this morning and it was probably one of the worst Mondays I've had in a while. But what really like what I'm really looking for is that they got punched in the mouth this week and they're going to come and answer back against the Miami Dolphins. Now, if they don't answer back against the Miami Dolphins and they fall to 0 and 2, that's when I'm going to start, you know, looking at the panic button a little bit because I'm like, "All right, 0 and 2, you're losing to the team. Now the Dolphins are two games ahead of you." Like, and we know that team is no slouch as much as we want to, you know, dump on Tua. Like, I I think that they needed this game. It's kind of a reality check. And, you know, I'm going to look at it from that viewpoint after next week is when I'm really going to start having to really break it down. Because look all around the league, man. The Colts lost. Green Bay got absolutely swamped. You wanted uh, Brother Bill brought up. You've seen Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have bad games. Aaron Rodgers had a bad game, too. Like, there, there was a lot of things. It was a weird week one, man. A lot of weird stuff happened. I'm definitely just going to go into next week. It's on to Miami. And, you know, obviously, we need to talk about this game, and we will talk about the things that didn't work in this game. But I think the Buffalo Bills, just from what we've seen over the years, they will get better and into next week. I have way more confidence, and that's why they are still – opening up as favorites against Miami.
0: Absolutely. I think that's fair to say that uh it, it was it was one week, you know, just maybe hopefully it was an anomaly. The thing that makes me kind of feel better is that looking at the game, we looked like the better team. It just, you know, we just didn't execute the correct way. There was, you know, some misses, some bad misses, some bad drops, uh some bad play calling. Um but specifically, I wanted to touch on the defense really quickly, okay? So uh, Chris, real quick, let me get your opinion on how you think the defense play overall throughout the entire
3: game. I thought the defense was playing lights out for the most part until, uh, you know, Claypool and Johnson and Smith Schuster. They were making some tough catches like Trey was draped all over Claypool on his big catch. And, you know, Levi had a bad game. Levi got unlucky with the refs. He got a bad P.I. I think that could have gone either way. He got burnt. But the one touchdown catch, that was a great catch. The guy bobbled it. He was getting mugged and he caught it. Mm-hmm. So if someone's wide open, I get pissed in the defense. If mm-hmm. someone makes a great catch, that's football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. the defense is not why we lost yesterday. I was, a, I was impressed. I mean, Greg got the start. I wish he had a sack. I wish they got to Ben more. Ben is like Ben is borderline obese. I wish they took him down. <laughs> but I was not mad at the defense. I was mad at the pump block. Pump block pissed me off. Everything else, the defense, thumbs up. Yeah,
0: I I, I would say that that's a very interesting point you made. I think that uh, because first of all, the defense only allowed thirteen points. Not only that, but one of or seven of the thirteen points came off of the horrible play call. The you know pitch backwards or whatever to Matt Breida on fourth down so Bill what what, what was your thoughts on how the defense played today did you think that they played well or do you think that they maybe uh you know had a meltdown in the second half like some people are suggesting
1: no Uh, like you said 13 points like one of them's off a punt block like Chris said too like it's an anomaly that that Deontay Johnson I think it was caught that catches that touchdown pass like Levi literally hit it, and, like, he's falling out of the end zone. And, like, that's just an insane play. Like, that stuff does happen, and unfortunately it happened. But defense played great. It was, like, that same old, like – I mean, first half, like, shut them out. Second half, it was the classic bend, don't break, Bills D that, like, we saw all last year, too, where, like, they might march down the field, but as soon as you get into that, like, red zone area, it's, it's lockdown. And I think they were doing the same thing they always do. Would I like to see maybe, like, some more pressure on the quarterback? Yeah, but – um they played great. I really have no complaints with them. Like Levi, he had a couple PIs, but other than that, it was a really solid game for them. King Rich. Now, uh, Bill,
0: uh, real quick, he uh, Bill mentioned the pressure. Um, what did you think from the defensive line? What did you see? Did you like what you saw? Were you dissatisfied? Well, what did you think of the defensive line overall? And you can also uh, you know, talk about the defense overall.
4: Uh, I... I think we were stout. Our front seven was stout all game. Uh, I I didn't see uh, them get any running lanes. I think we held Najee Harris uh, to minimal yardage, which was good. Our run defense looked stout. Uh, we set the edge well. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano both popped off the screen. They both played well. They both looked physical. Uh, Ed Oliver looked good inside. It's a, he, in my opinion this may be the best game I have seen from Ed Oliver in a Buffalo Bills uniform. I'm going to have to look at the game again. But as far as consistently disrupting plays yesterday, Ed Oliver, uh, in my opinion, uh, did a tremendous job. So as far as the front seven in the defensive line, uh, I think we played relatively well. We played well enough to win the game. The offense is the reason why we have we could nitpick a little bit about the defense. The offense keeping the game close is the reason why we could talk about Levi Wallace and his penalties. The offense keeping the game close is the reason why we could nitpick and talk about the pass rush. If the offense did what they were supposed to do in last night's game and yesterday's game, we wouldn't be talking and nitpicking about the defense in terms of a Levi Wallace or uh, not generating a pass rush as much.
0: Real quick, A-Rich, I kind of want to get your opinion on this. Uh, My man Lone Wolf says, with how poorly the offensive line played, maybe there should have been less four or five receiver sets and play um, more. I don't think that's what he meant. Uh, To give Josh a little bit uh, more protection. What did you think about the protection schemes, noticing that our offensive line was getting thrashed the whole game? Uh,
4: I I think we, we did a poor job of making adjustments. Right. We didn't make any adjustments. If you want to come out five wide receiver sets, that's fine. But if they're not working, if the pass rush is is getting to Josh Allen, then it comes to a point where we have to start making certain adjustments, whether that's chip blocking, whether that's putting multiple tight ends and having Dawson Knotts play fullback. Uh, why is Zach Moss inactive? Why is our best pass protector in the backfield inactive? If we're going to go five receiver sets or if we have liabilities in the interior offensive line, why is the best pass protector as a running back possibly in the NFL last season inactive and not helping Josh Allen out in that retrospect? So it was a lot of questionable decisions, I think, um, that that was made by the Buffalo Bills coaching staff yesterday.
0: I 100% agree. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, Miss Don Keith, love you, Don. Always in the chat, always supporting one of, the, one of my favorite people ever. Problem is our offensive line had these issues all spring during the preseason. We have no depth there. Do you think that that's true? A and B, why, what do you think the thought process was behind being not making any changes there if that is true?
2: Well, I mean, of course we have a problem there. You were able to see it all yesterday. I mean, granted, there's a bunch of different things that you have to factor into that. Like, even though McDermott today said that he doesn't think that Deion Dawkins was dealing with COVID stuff, I've never seen Deion Dawkins play that bad at left tackle like he did yesterday. So I kind of have to think that a lot of it just has to do with something we already know, and our interior guard play has been Just subpar. I get it. They brought back Feliciano, and that's something that maybe we could talk about because I really think a lot of people are happy that we brought back Feliciano because he's a good locker room guy, but when you see the product that's out on the field, Feliciano is a below-average starter. I get it. He's buddies with Josh Allen, but yesterday's game obviously i'm not calling for like hey let's trash the whole thing it's been one game obviously they can gel over a while but yesterday didn't help anybody's case especially the interior offensive line that we've known we have depth issues at and right now as far as we know i believe the second half they weren't rotating cody ford anymore with Botker. they were rotating Botker with feliciano so I think they kind of know, they know that the offensive line was getting absolutely trashed yesterday. They know there's some things that are not set in stone. They got to keep figuring it out. Uh, and the depth it's there. We even saw it in the off season. They brought guys in like Forrest lamp and these dudes who were supposed to compete for these spots. And, you know, there's still just a part of me that thinks that, you know, there's no way all these guys we brought in. I mean, if you bring in guys like Bobby Hart, you know, they're not making the team, but, but, Like, some of these guys that we brought in, you're telling me we couldn't bring in anybody that was possibly better? Like, I I don't know. The offensive line, we just know that I think the interior of it, depending on what is going to happen, what scheme they choose to be doing when they're doing blocking, like, they just need to get it figured out. And we do have a problem there. The offensive line is a, like, clear. It's one of those big ones. When you got to make a list – of what's wrong with the Bills, what could be touched upon, its interior offensive line play, and then obviously our depth at corner.
0: Okay, so you say that the offensive line is a problem. Now, Yeah, it, it's it's fair to say that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have probably one of, if not the best defensive line in football, oh, yeah. right? Do you think we'll, these problems will persist throughout the season, or do you think it'll just be a spot problem that can be fixed? What do you think uh, the plan is going forward?
2: Do I think that a lot of it had to do with us playing one of the best defensive lines in the league yesterday? Well, they definitely really did expose what we had. Obviously every team we're going against is not going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I do believe their teams will figure out that, Hey, maybe we need, I mean, they were getting pressure with three dudes yesterday, man. They were getting pressure with three dudes. So I mean, I don't know how you can't see that there's not a problem there with the offensive line.
0: Absolutely. I I think that's very fair to say. Uh, Now, I know Bill and Chris, you guys were at the game. Brooke, appreciate the love again, Brooke. Uh, She says she saw several instances where penalties should have been caught on Pitt, but there was none. And the refs swallowed their whistle when it came to Pitt. And she doesn't necessarily believe that the referees were fair. Did you guys see anything out there live looking at the football field, you know, where you were like, ah, that should have been called or maybe, you know, just a little bit of things that were called one way and not the other?
1: I think I definitely noticed, uh, like, their offensive line holding on some circumstances with, like, Jerry trying to get through and Ed trying to get through. There was one specific one where, like, Harrison was literally getting, like, tackled where I was like, how is that not a flag? But I think most of it comes from, like, when you see – kinda like the fifty fifty calls our DBs and stuff are getting that like mm. they weren't throwing the flag on like you know what I mean like maybe do I think they should have thrown the flag on pit? Maybe not but like I look at the ones that they threw on us I'm like I don't think we should have got a flag on that. So that's like where I'm like mm. if you're gonna be tic tacky be tic-tacky on both sides, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I like seeing physical football more than like flagged football, but if you're gonna do some some ticky tacky stuff on one side, do it on both sides.
0: How about you, Chris? What did you see?
3: I, really, I feel
1: like that's that rings true. They definitely like Jerry was getting
3: bugged, the dog's tripping out. And I feel like the Levi, the Levi PI call was not good. That was not a good call. It was a poorly thrown pass, it was under thrown, and Levi just put his hands up. Yeah, Claypool couldn't go through him because they're both sprinting down the field. Mm. Can't stop on a dime and catch a bad pass. That ruined that was that was a third down play. Mm. That ruined yeah. everything for us. And then, um, one of the calls on Dion, one of the holding calls he got wasn't great, but he got three of those. So what are you gonna do? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, the The one that I always like, the one that just really popped me was was not the Levi one, even though I think that maybe that one. If Levi just looked back, I mean, if you look at text back textbook pass interference, I understand why they called that, but you know, really, really Levi didn't have much time by the time that the wide receiver just looked back and then basically had to come back to catch it, and Levi ran right into him. The one is the holding on Trey White, which negated his pick. That's the one that absolutely pissed me off Mm -hmm. because that felt like you said ticky-tack once. I felt like that one was just hand fighting, and then the dude was going to go into his cut, and then he went under, and they threw the flag just thinking that Trey was all over him. And I oh – man, that's the one that got me. That one really pissed me off because that, that – was a great play. It was a, it was a great play. And like Roethlisberger shouldn't have thrown that, and then he got away with it. That's, that's the problem. There were so many things in this game that added yeah. up. Like nothing was going the Buffalo Bills' way. Like the blocked punt, like everything – Pittsburgh put out there probably the best game that they could play against us that they did, and they still barely beat us, and that was with us playing one of our worst games that I have ever seen. So,
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely. And you you mentioned that interception. What people, a lot of people have been pointing out is that once Trey broke on the ball, uh, I think it was Deontay Johnson. He actually held Tre'Davious White his hand trying to stop him from mm-hmm. going to get in the interception and, and nothing was called there. So um, I, I'd have to say, it, you know, we shouldn't have lost the game period, but the refs definitely didn't help in my opinion. Um, However, we did have a semi bright spot, right? Dawson Knox didn't have any drops in amongst a bunch of people who didn't have a great game amongst the wide receivers. Um, Hey Rich, bro. So what, what's going on with the drops, bro? What, what, what's, what are you thinking?
4: got to catch the football, man. I mean, it seems like Cole Beasley has these type of drops once every season. And see, I, I remember, I, I specifically remember Cole Beasley drops. I, now he had this one yesterday. I remember one he had last year. Um, He just have one of these things where he just drops the ball early. Now, I guess he's getting it out the way week one. As far as the rest of the receivers dropping the ball, we just got to do a, a, a better job in concentrating and catching the football. And it's it's crazy that we're given so much praise for Dawson Knox for doing the basic concept of catching a football. Everybody's saying, Dawson Knox had a great game. He caught the football, man. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> Bro, if that's a great game, then this is exactly why we need to upgrade that tight end. <laughs> Shit,
2: I'm, I'm, you know? I'm also so, saying, A. Rich, that like if you go back and watch – like we were sitting there watching that game. A couple of those catches, too – we're like this close to him dropping it. He was bobbling them like they were about to pop out. And I'm just sitting there like, my God, this man does not have solid hands. Like, it always seems like every catch is him just overthinking it. Like, oh, God, I got to catch this ball.
4: But I will say this. I will say this. Teams but he are caught him. Going, te- teams are going to do what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Teams are going to do what the Pittsburgh Steelers did um they're going to play that them two high safeties they're going to give extra attention to stefan diggs and they're going to tell us that hey gabriel davis emmanuel sanders Cole Beasley, can y'all beat us because y'all gonna have to beat us to win the game so i think that's that's starting to become the opposition's blueprint and we're going to see how we adjust uh josh allen's going to have to take advantage and our receivers are going to have to show why we are one of the better receiving corps in this uh receiving corps in this nfl
0: Absolutely. Real quick, want to send some love out to T. Estelle from Not Your Average Podcast and the 716 on the Buffalo. I'm sorry, built in Buffalo podcast network. Even with all the bad calls and bad plays, we still find have to find a way to win the game. Absolutely agree. Appreciate the yeah. love. T. Love you. What um, was OK. Uh, Bill, overreaction Monday called for basically Emmanuel Sanders job. <laughs> right. <laughs> People were saying that Gabe Davis should basically take Emmanuel Sanders snaps as far as starting wide receiver is concerned. Do you think Gabe Davis is at that point yet? And do you think he will be if he isn't already?
1: Yeah. Like uh when I think of the receivers for the bills, like I don't even really think of like a one, two, like three kind of thing. Like that's a fair point. Yeah, like for me, it's like I feel like we should be in a spread offense almost all the time. Like maybe have a running back in the backfield. Like I know sometimes we went like five wide with an empty backfield, but like we got the guys to do that. Like in my like perfect world, I feel like having Gabe and Steph on the outsides and Cole and um, Emmanuel on like the the insides is like that's like a threat. Like I don't know much defenses that on paper should be able to stick with us as long as we catch the ball. I know yesterday we had – issues, but these are all vets and we've all seen what they do. And I don't expect that to keep happening. Like, I think it's, it was an outlier yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Gabe Davis is ready for that opportunity. Like you just said, but I don't think it has to be like Sanders is out because, because Gabe is playing well, I think we can all get them on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For this next
0: question. I want everybody's opinion because I feel like this is probably the most pertinent, Part of yesterday's game, right? So I'm gonna start with Chris, uh, uh, Chris and Bill go, and then we're gonna go Keem, uh, Jake, Brian Dayball, right? Fourth and one, you punt, or I'm sorry, that was probably McDermott. Uh, so, so we'll just go coaching overall, right? Fourth and one, you punt, fourth and three, you punt, fourth and eight, you throw a deep ball, <laughs> and then fourth and one, you throw a five yard backwards pass that. Is blown up, period. Chris, what what was the thought process in that, and what what what, what should we do going forward to prevent stuff like that from happening? To anything?
3: Yeah, I think they got out coached a little bit. My thing with fourth downs is go for them early, go for them when there's no pressure, because then it's fun. You're kind of playing Madden, and you're like, shouldn't do this, but they don't know what to expect. We're in the first quarter, like. I like going for it early on fourth down because you put the people on their heels. And if you're going for it on fourth down, I think keeping inside the 30, keeping inside the 20, I don't like doing that at midfield. And I'm not even going to get into that play call because I don't even think – I'm trying to erase it from my memory. That was the worst play I've ever seen. I sat down. I didn't even watch the pun yeah, after that. <laughs> so they got outcoached. They know they got outcoached. And I think it's a cool wake-up call for them early in the season. I'm looking forward to what they bring next uh, next week because they're creative people. But they're they're trying to forget about that, too. They choked. Absolutely.
0: Bill, what what did you think about the game management today?
1: Yeah, like I definitely agree with Chris. Like I feel like we got outcoached. And, like, I love McDermott. I love Dable. Um, but I do think there's times where, like, they almost, like, overthink or outcoach themselves. And I think that was definitely going on yesterday where, like, you have the, the fourth and one. I don't remember exactly when where Josh is like pleading to be left on the field and uh, you don't do it. And and then you do some wild stuff on on like a fourth and long and a, the backwards pass on fourth and one, which like we all seen the Willis McGahee play where it works, but like, <laughs> that's just such an outlier. Like at that point in the game, like Chris said, like the pressure is kind of on us and we were just like begging to, for something to work out for us. Like I think we thought it was going to be a big play. Um, I just think we gotta, we gotta go back to what we were last year. Like, I don't think there's no, there's any need to like get all crazy. Like, I think Josh was one of the, the, what, like the longest completions for pass like last year. So like, I don't know what we were going for yesterday. It just seemed like we were, I don't know, we were out of, out of whack from what we used to do. And it's it's interesting that you
0: mentioned the Willis McGahee play um, because I remember exactly what play you're talking about. I believe it was against the Seahawks Um, to yesterday. What happened was Josh motion. I would imagine this is a part of the play call because you think in this man, you want the cornerback to follow the receiver to the other side of the field, but Josh motioned the receiver, you know, to to go to the other side of the field, which left the cornerback to rush the edge. And he saw the play the entire way. Now, I'm not saying it was a good play call, but if you leave the receiver back on the side of the field, he at least is less of a problem on the play than he would have been coming off of that. So, uh, King Rich, what what did you think about the game management?
4: Horrible. <laughs> a- atrocious. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, I I saw Reggie Gilliam continuously get one yard in the preseason. You line on my yes. path, pull back, and he was continuously able to fall forward in the preseason. He, he Where was that? Uh, no Zach Moss, of course. Okay, where, where was he? Uh, Josh Allen is 6'5", 240 pounds. Line up and get one yard with your quarterback. They know what your other plays are anyway. You might as well run this sneak. They know what it is, so what? They know what everything else is. Run the damn sneak with your 6'5", 240-pound quarterback and get one yard. I think we was just being way too cute. Uh, The Buffalo Bills, they have this flashy offense, and none of it shows aggression and physicality. I think we have to be aggressive and show some physicality when when time calls for it, and we didn't do that yesterday. We got too cute. Absolutely. Jake, what what did
2: you think, bro? So I'm guessing we're not really focusing on the other things. We're focusing about that god-awful play call, right? So uh, what I'm going to say is it seemed like McDermott kind of carried over what we saw in the AFC Championship game. It's like he kind of reverted back to conservative McDermott, didn't really like that, and then for some reason at the end of the game – it's like, oh, now we're going to go for it because the pressure's on. When it was like last year, the Buffalo Bills were one of the best teams on fourth down conversions anyway, so why not just keep that momentum going? But I'm not the coach. Whatever. I might think it's stupid, but, you know, we're on the internet talking about the Buffalo Bills. We're not the actual dudes. But that play was absolutely awful. Like – You're telling me that you're going to run Josh Allen. How many times do we do it? Like seven, eight times we're going to run Josh Allen? Nine times. Nine times. But we need one yard, and you're not going to run Josh Allen? You already did a sneak in the game, and you're not going to do it again. Like what? You think they're going to stop him? That dude's a monster back there. He's going to get the one yard. I. I don't understand it. I literally have Dayball being too cute on my notes down here, and that's exactly what it was. Dayball like trying to just flash, like, hey, look what we can do. But guess what? The Pittsburgh Steelers punched Dayball in the mouth. Ma- like, specifically, I said the Bills got punched in the mouth. Dayball got punched in the mouth by their defensive coordinator because they knew. They knew. And Josh should have known when he motioned the wide receiver and that corner was still sitting there. Up exactly like it should have been like oh we got to find some other way out of this because this ain't gonna work Mm -hmm, like i there's Mm -hmm. there's things all around i I know we're probably going to talk about josh allen because the overreaction with josh allen today too is almost ridiculous online but yeah that play overall was just like we i I think collectively is go ahead
0: give us an opinion on josh
2: On Josh Allen, okay, I think that a lot of people, and this has happened with other quarterbacks in the past, right? They get paid, and then once the bad game happens, especially when it's their first contract, the first time something bad happens, or something that is not in the plan happens, they get shit on. My God, like everybody's like, "Well, you got paid the money, now you can't do it, dude." The whole like the team as a whole, from the coaching staff, obviously, I think the defense did well, but Josh. Yeah, there were things that he didn't do in the game the right way. He wasn't taking what the defense was giving him. He has said that. And I think he was trying to be a little bit too much of the flashy Josh Allen when that Pittsburgh Steelers defense was ready for it. And I'm not going to sit here and put all the blame on Josh Allen because it's a collective thing when it came to the offense and just the team as a whole. So I... I, I don't know. Like, obviously, the people are going to come out and be like, oh, we should put Mitch in, or oh, we shouldn't have paid Josh. Like, th- those people, you don't listen to those people. But, like, there's people that are trying to put all the blame on Josh. And while I think that he can shoulder a little bit of it, you can't do that. Like, there have been teams that do that every single time. All the failures get put on the quarterback that they just paid when well, that wasn't the deal. Like, there were some bad drops. Like, that game could have been totally different if some of those drops didn't happen. Or if Emmanuel Sanders had the speed of John Brown, maybe it would have got under that pass. Or you can put that and spin that. Oh, if Josh Allen let up on it a little bit, it would have fell right into Emmanuel Sanders' hands. Like, there's so many things that you can talk about. I just will not stand Josh Allen's slander on the timeline. It's ridiculous.
4: King Rich, was, was that Josh Allen's fault? It's tough to say. Right. Uh, Obviously, when I look back at the game, I believe the coaches didn't put the players in the best position to win the game. So I I think I have to if if we have they're playing the blame game and, and putting certain percentages on certain things, I have to give the 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 majority of the blame to the coaching staff and the lack of preparation and just getting out coached right but when you have a guy that's getting paid 258 million dollars he he cannot go without any blame right he he has to he has to do better in terms of executing his plays when it's time to make plays that wide open pass to Emmanuel Sanders it would have been a 17 nothing game the whole mention oh. of the game uh-huh. is changed if he makes that throw you know so When you're getting paid and you have a new contract, the expectations are now higher because of the money that you're getting paid. So he definitely has to do a better job in terms of making accurate passes. And he has to take advantage of them open opportunities when he gets them. Because good defenses, you're not going to get that opportunity all the time. So when you do get that opportunity, you have to cash in on that. And we all have 258 million reasons why he should make that pass to Emmanuel Sanders.
0: I agree about the past with Manuel Sanders. And before I get to Bill and Chris, I want to play this video just for the viewing audience. Um, I think this video pretty much, man, it it gives you really just an idea of what Josh had to work with, or I'm sorry, what he had to deal with yesterday. It was, it was pretty discouraging. Uh, So give Did the Pittsburgh
3: Steelers get the best bargain in free agency? This is the day Melvin Ingram had in the Steelers' upset win over the Buffalo Bills in week one. Eight quarterback pressures from an array of alignments with a diverse set of pass rushing plans.
4: And the Steelers signed him on July 20th to a one-year, $4 million deal. T.J. Watt was fantastic yesterday, but Ingram was the perfect compliment. Ingram was a
3: problem for the Chargers forever. Uh Exactly.
0: Now, I I mentioned that I don't put a ton of blame on Josh, right? I say he was 58% from the field, uh, 260 plus yards, touchdown, no interceptions, right? When you have to deal with that type of pressure, because that's just one of the defensive linemen who was eating. It was Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, everybody was going crazy, right? And then you also have to deal with some of your receivers dropping crucial passes. I, I can't put that too much on Josh. Uh, Chris, what do you what do you think about it? What, what, what was your uh, opinion of Josh Allen yesterday?
3: I think we saw a little bit of hero ball, Josh. I think we saw a little bit of sugar high, Josh, as they used to call him on Good Morning Football. You know, we all know Josh Allen's a great kid, and he's going to play lights out games this year. That wasn't one of them. And, you know, maybe he has to get out of his system. Uh, You know, he played in front of empty stadiums last year. This was like his full – a full house moment for him. It was windy at the game. I'm not going to make excuses for him. He's a grown man. It was windy. Like, we were all kind of like – you know, it made a difference which way they were going. Like, one of the bombs he threw sailed on him. One of the other ones he, he overthrew. But the wind played a factor. I'm not going to say put in Mitch Trubisky ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we that's love, crazy. You better we love not. Josh, Josh is going to have a great year. He still might win the MVP. He mm-hmm. played a bad game yesterday. And I, I bet you he's at the facility right now. He's the type of guy, super hard on himself. He might come out Miami and go nuts. I am 0% worried about it. Uh, homie said it's a marathon. He couldn't be more right about it. So mm-hmm. I'm not losing any sleep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Brother Bill,
0: what, what are you thinking?
1: Um, Chris said he's not losing any more sleep. I haven't ever lost sleep. I'm not worried <laughs> in the slightest bit. Uh, Andy and Bill. <laughs> I, I know who Josh is. Like every good player has bad games, and like as euphoric as last year seems, like there's games where he played like that, and there's games where the play call was just as bad, and that happened last year, and we were one of the best teams in football. Like it just happens. It sucks that it was the home opener, but um I'm not worried I know who Josh is he's worked the contract he'll show it up um and like, like Chris said too uh we know who he is as like a competitor and like a person and like he's gonna work his ass off like every time he has a bad game he almost comes back like the next game and just goes off so if anything that maybe this was a good thing and we'll see what happens now and maybe we'll go on like a 10 game tear I wouldn't be surprised at all um but I'm not worried at all that's fair.
0: Uh, before we move on to the Dolphins game, I do want to get your opinion on this real quick, Jake. He said, "I'm I'm assuming he's talking about Singletary. I uh, was running the ball fine all game. The shortest runs were because the Bills made it obvious it was a run. What What do you think about Brian Dayball just refusing to make adjustments throughout the entire game?
2: So. I I love this because I was actually getting ready to say I wanted to get your guys opinion on do you think we should have ran the ball more because we threw it 51 times and the times where they were rushing three and dropping everybody back to help in the coverage would have been the perfect time to maybe feast on it if they are giving it to you to do it. So why why did we not like why did we throw it 51 times why did we like obviously we did run it and the runs that Singletary had that were effective i believe the whole drive that we went all the way down the field was because we gave like singletary ripped off some runs during that drive too so i i don't understand why i obviously i understand we're a high flying offense where we can throw the ball everywhere but they've said that they were giving like Josh Allen saw passes. They were giving, they were giving them ample opportunity to run the ball too. So I I'm, I'm just as perplexed as everybody else that I think maybe if we actually like they, they knew we were going to throw the ball all over the yard. But I think that if we handed the ball to Singletary, just a little bit more, like from what I saw during that game, what we've seen Singletary could do in the preseason I have no doubt that we probably would have been a little bit more efficient on the offense. Grant, granted, that you know we saw what he did during the game, so I'm—I I don't know. It it puzzles me just as much. I think running the ball would have been a sl- a better idea, especially when they were giving it to us. Make them respect the run a little bit more.
0: Absolutely, I think that's very fair. Um, now, I think it's time to kind of. You know, lick our wounds and 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 move forward. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into the Miami game. Now, we are going up against the first place Dolphins next year. That sounds so disgusting to say, but uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> why
2: you gotta say it, man?
0: <laughs> we have the opportunity to take back first place in the division with a win next week. They won seventeen to sixteen over the Patriots yesterday. Bill, what do you think we need to do in order
1: to beat Miami? Um, I think we just got to (laughs) like, I don't know. We got to do what we did last year. Like uh, the history with the Dolphins, like we seem to have their number and it's the same coach. It's a lot of the same defensive players. Like I think Brian Flores is a great coach, but like we have his number. He's, he's. We've done really well against them, so I'm just expecting us to go out there and do exactly what we always do against them. Just pass the ball. I know they have two elite corners, but like we did it on them last year, so like I don't know. I guess I just run it back. I think we can do it, and uh, um, like I said, I just think that this week was an outlier, so I'm not even like too worried about what we what we have in under our sleeves. Like I think we got it covered. What do you think,
0: Chris? Do you, you think we got it covered, or do you think that uh, we might have a tough time with
3: Miami? I think Miami's good this year. Their coach is legit. But Brother Bill's going to be at the game. And this is his first,
1: Ooh, okay. this is first away game in the regular season ever. This is my first away game ever. I'll be there. Going to Miami. Okay. okay. Juju.
3: I think the Bills just need to score 30 points. Tua's never going to score 30 points. <laughs> he won the game against the Patriots, 17-16. to 16. God bless. Anyone who beats the Patriots is a friend of mine. But they're not going to score 30 points. The first person to score 30 points will win the game. That's like playing the Chiefs. You got score 40 points. Didn't do that in the playoffs. It's just a race to 30 points. 30 points. Get 30 points, We win the game.
0: You know what? I think that that is a really fair assessment because I can't off the top of my head think of any time Tua has led his offense to 30 points. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what yeah. about you? King Rich, what, what do we need to do to beat this well-coached, well-rostered Miami team?
4: Execute. It's, it's, it's not about what anybody is doing. It's about what we're doing. You know, we are, we're at that level where we're good enough to hoist this Lombardi trophy as long as we do what we have to do on our end. So our coaches is going to have to uh, prepare our players better and put our players in better positions to win this game on Sunday. Our players are going to have to perform better individually, right? Our offensive line is going to have to perform better. Our receivers is going to have to concentrate and catch the football. Josh Allen is going to have to be more accurate with the football. I know we've been beating up on the Miami Dolphins the last several years, but we also been beating up on the Pittsburgh Steelers the last several years, and we lost that game. So we have to come out, execute, take everything play by play, and if we play Buffalo Bills-style football, we're going to win this game.
0: Jake, uh, this, this, this is a, a question or I'm sorry, really more of a statement posed in the comments. And I'm really interested in your opinion on this. He says we give Flores too much credit as a head coach. What do you think? Do you think Flores is legit or do you think that maybe he gets a little too much credit?
2: So as anybody who watches the show knows, we all I feel like every single time someone talks about Brian Flores, they say good coach in the same sentence just kind of feels like something that, you know, it's kind of note like, yeah, we've heard he's a leader. He's one of those guys, good defensive minded coach, and it's shown he he took a team last year that was supposed to be the worst team in the league. And they ended up with 10 wins. It's just kind of something that, you know, people think he's a good leader, and I think he is too. However, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Miami Dolphins because sources close to the situation have said that the Miami Dolphins did not send Josh Allen a Father's Day card this year. So I believe he is going to absolutely go in there. And destroy the Miami Dolphins. Now, uh, that was just my homer talk there for a second. I do think I love what King Kingridge said. He said execution. That's all that's what all this is about, because we know that Miami defense that I mean that defensive line is going to be able to do like I, I think our offensive line is gonna bounce back. Obviously, their defensive line is not the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's still no slouch. Uh but what I what I want to say is, you know, they barely beat the Patriots. They're a fumble at the 10-yard line away from losing that game. So, like, it's it's the same old story with the Miami Dolphins where they get a turnover at just the right time or something happens and they won the game. And I I really just think that as long as the Buffalo Bills do what they're supposed to do – execute on all three phases of the ball the Miami Dolphins are even though they get Will Fuller back this year and Jalen Waddell actually looked good this week um I, I I don't think it's gonna be enough Tua didn't really do anything during the game he has started taking a little bit more chances which is something that's you know like he threw a pick last game yeah no turnovers exactly Sarah like as long as we don't give them like the Buffalo Bills are going to have to give this game away to the miami dolphins if they're going to win it because from what i saw with Tua against the patriots and the patriots say what you want their defense doesn't have huge high stud names in it especially in the secondary like they they weren't doing much it was like two conservative teams going at it and i think the bills as long as we get back let's see patriot fans were calling for cam after they lost to the dolphins yesterday i bet they were i bet they were but Mac Jones actually, I believe, for his first game had the highest completion percentage of any rookie in NFL history, which is crazy. But again, it was two conservative teams going at each other. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to like just absolutely rain hellfire down on the Dolphins down in Miami because brother Bill is there. They're going to feel that presence there in the stadium, even though brother, I will tell you. That going down to Hard Rock Stadium is one of the worst experiences if you're a Bills fan, just because they will absolutely shit on you. It is like no, like you Bring will get up. you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, on grounds, you will, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, now, no, I, will, I will say that a couple of years ago, um, after the Andy Dalton pass, there were like because we were playing at Miami. And there was like a crowd of Bills fans at Hard Rock Stadium watching the play happen and it went nuts. So clearly, brother Bill, you probably aren't going to be the only, you know, Bills Mafia no. member out, oh, out
2: there in the no. crowd. Oh, no, 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 dude. I already know there's Bills backers bars all around Florida that have mm-hmm. bush trips planned. Yep. Like they are going absolutely ham down there this year. And you know that Miami fans, too. This is the thing that I hated because they beat the Patriots this week is I wasn't mad about us going 0 and 1. I was mad that the Dolphins went 1 and 0 and I was going to have to hear all week that the Dolphins were number 1 in the AFC East and those Dolphins fans are absolutely unbearable on the on the Twitter platform. It's absolutely awful.
0: I'm fine. You can you can have your week one AFC East crown cuz that's about as long as you're going to keep that top yeah. spot. <laughs>
2: exactly.
4: <laughs> King Rich, hey, I want to I, okay. I I, I want to talk about uh, a comment that we've seen with with brian flores being a tad overrated right mm-hmm. um i'll paraphrase here a little bit i don't want to say that i agree but i given to giving flores too much credit i i get this comment i can feel this comment the miami dolphins are supposed to be good right now they're supposed to be competitive right now they have multiple first round picks in 2020 uh they have multiple first round picks in 2021 they had a boatload of money, so they're supposed to be in a position where they're supposed to be competitive right now. So uh, Brian Flores was set up in a good position. Now, is it his coaching the reason why they're competitive, or is it the amount of picks and the amount of money they was able to accumulate? So that's definitely something that uh, I, I would love to hear what the a Miami Dolphins podcast guy would say about, about that comment. I just wanted to get that out there. Okay.
0: no problem. Um I did,
4: did there was a question that I wanted to pose to you. Do you want
0: to see Richard Sherman come in and compete for the cornerback 2 spot here?
3: No. Uh, it it, it,
4: doesn't
3: it doesn't
2: hurt.
4: It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. What, it doesn't what hurt. does it what does it hurt? <laughs> it doesn't. I understand he's a little old mm. and I understand he's not the fastest guy, but his IQ alone could probably help out the cornerback room, you know? So his, just kept Josh his, Norman. his his IQ, I think, I think jo- I think Richard Sherman's better than Josh Norman. Mm-hmm. Know, at, at this stage of his career, I think if you if you went ahead and got EJ Gaines, if you went ahead and got Vontae Davis, you went ahead and got Josh Norman, shit. Go ahead and call Richard Sherman. Why why not? He's the best. He's the best player out of all the other cornerbacks uh, we tried to invest in in the past. So I don't think it would hurt because we still have this damn uh, possible liability at the cornerback two position. All
0: right, uh, Chris, you want to let us know why you feel like Richard Sherman wouldn't? You know why we shouldn't go after Richard Sherman?
3: I love Richard Sherman as a human. I think Richard Sherman is a legend. He's from Compton. Went to Stanford. He beat the odds. He won a Super Bowl. That being said, this is not the year to bring in Richard Sermon. We got this this roster where we didn't go get a lot of big free agents. We got this group of guys in the locker room they all believe in. I think that would kind of go against what they've been preaching, where we're going to draft and build from within. You know what I mean? They haven't brought in a splash name in a long time. Mm -hmm. To do that week two would be such a panic play. They're confident in the guys they have. EJ, I mean, uh, homie had a bad game. You know what I mean? Levi had a bad game. But some lucky catches were made. And it's like, I don't think it's going to happen again. I think he's going to learn from it. And I feel like Richard Sherman was going through it this year. He might have got arrested. I don't want to say that's his Mm -hmm. fault. Maybe it was a miscommunication. But this is just not the time to bring in Richard Sherman, boys and girls. It's okay. It's going to be okay.
1: I think the the answer at cornerback – uh, was there when Stephen Nelson was still around late into free agency, and mm-hmm. and you were still in training camp and mm-hmm. preseason and all that? I think that was, in my head, a very obvious decision. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of Nelson, know, especially like they've, they they uh, moved all the money around like halfway through like tr- training camp or whatever, and I was like, all right, they're gonna do something. I was really mm-hmm. expecting that because he's good, he can play, and he's he's still playing well. He, went to Pitt. Uh, he was from Pittsburgh. He went. To, where did no. Steven Nelson go? Eagles. Eagles.
2: Yeah, uh, he went to the Eagles.
0: Between guys like Steven Nelson, guys like Melvin Ingram, are you guys upset that we didn't really, you know, take a stab at any of the relatively you know top players in free agency? Jake, what, what, what yes. were you disappointed?
2: Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes, I was disappointed, especially we're going to bring up these cornerback names. I mean, we knew. We knew that we had a problem with the depth at corner, and we knew. They kept preaching, oh, we got Levi, we got Dane. It's a competition. And we're like, okay, yeah, you know, there were a lot of Dane Jackson believers. They believe that, but I still thought it does (laughs) not hurt. uh, Hey, 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 no, look, I I 100% was like, hey, I want Dane to compete for it, but I also – wouldn't have minded bringing in a Steven Nelson. Someone else to compete for it just because, like, I didn't want it to just be handed to Levi again. And it felt like that we – we kn- you going to say something, King Rich?
4: Yeah, I am. Go ahead. I'm going to touch you, <laughs> All right, all
2: right, all right. I didn't want it to just feel like it was handed to Levi again. And we kn- – I, I mean, of course, you know – we, we thought, like, hey, Dane Jackson, like a lot of people, Dane Jackson's going to take it from Levi. But I just kind of knew that once Levi was brought back, and I knew that they let him go, and then they were going to let him test it because they felt comfortable with what they had. And if Levi went, maybe they would have brought somebody in. But I think that it would just would not have hurt to bring in a Melvin Ingram. That was before the draft, before we drafted two defensive ends. Sure. Or maybe it would, It just wouldn't have hurt to bring in guys at these positions that we knew we were lacking at and cb2 we know has been a position that we've been lacking at for the last three years or at least two so
4: king rich um now this is no disrespect it it, it, it just is what it is i gotta call a spade a spade we are a super bowl contending team And we have an undrafted player and a seventh round draft pick competing for a a number two cornerback position. In my opinion, we could have did better in terms of investing in the position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, you know, we we have these struggles, but I'm looking at why I, I see why there's a reason why Levi Wallace went undrafted. I love the guy. He is your classic overachiever, right? I love Dane Jackson. I love his tenacity, I love his physicality, but there's a reason why he was drafted in the 7th round. So when you have an undrafted guy competing with a 7th round guy for a starting position, you're going to have some struggles uh with that number 2 cornerback position. And I just I just feel that we should make a a better effort in 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 investing mm-hmm. in that position. And this year they're going to find that out. And I think after this year, they will, one way or another.
0: Real quick, my man Wolf said, he, we've never brought in any real competition for Levi. What do you think of that, King Rich?
4: I, I think he's uh, 100% accurate. If you're not going to bring in real competition for Levi Wallace and bring in a legitimate number two corner, you're going to have to bring in a, a Khalil Mack, a Aaron Donald. Bring somebody to compensate because, in my opinion, uh pass rush and cornerback go hand in hand. It's a trickle effect. If you don't have a pass rush, you better have some corners. If you don't have uh, some good corners, you better have a pass rush. And the Buffalo Bills look like they're in them, stuck in between in both positions.
0: Okay. So the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl and they went and tried to upgrade their roster. They never went, I'm sorry, they even went after Juju. The Bills didn't do much other than resign their own guys I'm all for continuity, but improving is thumbs up.
4: Mm-hmm. Bill. Fast.
0: Do you
1: think that continuity is more important, or do you think we should have upgraded some positions? Um definitely upgrade. I think when the season ended last year, there's like three spots I was looking at. It was defensive line, mostly for me, like a defensive tackle that was really gonna push the pocket and clock things up. Um, it was cornerback and it was offensive guards. um. And, like, I don't think we improved on any. I don't think we even tried, really. Uh, I know, like, Starlet Tule is supposed to be back, but, like, I don't think he's the savant that a lot of people are hyping him up to be, even when he does come back and play. Um, you know, Justice, that I was high on um, the cornerback from Syracuse. I'm blanking on his name now.
4: both
1: I was hoping for that. And then, like, offensive guard, I mean that was our biggest issue against the chiefs last year. In my opinion, like we were just getting bullied and I love John Feliciano. He's a bull, like he's a great teammate sticks up for Josh. I like Cody Ford. I want to see them do good, but like, you can't expect to just keep the same thing and like get different results. Like we had three positions that I felt really need to be addressed and not that they were bad, like on other teams it might be good, but like we're trying to make a new, we're trying to push for the super bowl or trying to, literally win it all like we're that close so like you do have to you make those fine tune adjustments that like yeah maybe these people are serviceable but serviceable doesn't cut it when we're this right. close
2: yeah john Feliciano is a really good right guard if he's on the new york jets but on the buffalo bills <laughs> he's below average he's not cutting it yeah he's not absolutely.
4: cutting. yeah so to- I apologize. Go ahead, Kingrich. Go ahead, Kingrich. King you you have to con, you know continue to push the envelope, man. If we're we're on the cusp, we, we have to go and take it. You know, the, the, the Rams didn't have a draft, a first-round draft pick in years because they're making risk moves. Yes, they're moves and they're taking risks, but they're taking the risks because they feel they have that window and they're going for it. The Kansas City Chiefs was in cap hell. And talk about a limited cap space, they didn't have any money, but they found a way to pay the highest uh tackle in free agency. They found a way to trade for one of the best tackles uh, right before the draft. You know, So when we're in position to possibly win a Super Bowl, we cannot play the conservative role. We got to go and add more weapons, add more explosiveness, add more uber-athletic people to help play with the Buffalo Bills and win the Super Bowl. And the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, we took a conservative approach.
0: Okay. Now, Chris, I want to pose this question to you. The coaches really like Levi, but I feel like they're holding him back. He gets aggressive and a penalty, uh, and they handcuff him to playing 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, in my opinion. They aren't letting him play. Do you think that Levi is being forced to be conservative or do you just think that he just isn't cut to be a, a number two cornerback on a potential Super Bowl roster?
3: Great question about Levi. I got to, got, we got time for one more question, unfortunately, but we're going to leave it to you guys. You guys are the experts. Thanks for having us on. I will 100% <laughs> answer this. I think Levi a great quarterback. I mean, yeah, he got toasted yesterday. It's one bad game. Everyone has a bad game. Trey, Trey White's had some bad games. Let's not judge him off one bad game. I mean, one of the calls was ticky-tacky, and a couple of the catches made on him were were next-level half-lucky. I think they know, Levi, he's been on the team a long time. He didn't suddenly get bad. They know who he is. You know, everyone, has, everyone needs a little bit of forgiveness. It's football. No one plays perfectly every game, you know. He got a little bit exposed yesterday, but you learn from that. You know what I mean? I'd rather have him learn in week one than him learn in – Round three of the playoffs, and we lose. So I say, was he, was he being conservative? Yeah, because he's going to get toasted if he plays press. I'm not a football coach, but you guys are <laughs> actually, you guys know better than us. But
1: <laughs> no, but give we, we, more questions. I'll, wait, I'll <laughs> speak on this before we head out too. Okay. I think I like Levi. I think he's a great, like, rotational piece. Like, I think, like, like, uh, Akeem said, like, He's defied all the odds. He's worked his way to this. But when we had EJ Gaines, and I know he was hurt a lot, but that season that he was in and out of the lineup between injuries, he was a playmaker. Like that man forced fumbles. That man made interceptions. Like you have a lockdown on Trey. I would love to have like a risky playmaking cornerback opposite side of him. And I know he'll probably give up some big plays, but like you take, take that with the risk of like this dude's a playmaker. Like, he might let up a big play, but he might make a huge play. And that's what I felt EJ Gaines was. And uh, it sucks that his career's kind of falling apart because of the injuries that even with us, he was out like 60% of the the games. Yeah, but every time he played, it was like, I remember one play he was, the dude made a catch on him and he like fell and his leg was, he was limping towards the ball. Do you remember this? And he punched it out from behind the dude while he was limping on one leg. Like he was hopping on a leg and punched the ball out when we got the ball back. Like he was just a playmaker. I would love to have a guy like that opposite of Trey White. Yeah, that's EJ Gaines did look good. <laughs> that's true. I,
0: that's I, I think, think we all he, like that, brother. He played opposite uh, when we had Ronald Darby, right? I, mean, I think it was yeah. for Trey's
2: rookie year. I think it was, yeah. Trace year. Yeah, it was here yeah. for Trey's. It was
0: the first year of McDermott. But um, I know you guys, you guys got to head out. I want to thank you guys so much uh, for coming on the program and speaking with us. Uh, I mean again no introduction needed brother bill chris collins you guys are amazing you guys want to let everybody know I'm sure they probably already follow you guys but you guys
1: want to let everybody know where
0: they can uh, hit you guys up on social media
1: Yeah I'm at uh, brother bill 716 on Instagram and Twitter um I appreciate you having me on I would love to come back next week Absolutely when I'm, when I'm sitting on the beach after a fat <laughs> dub in Miami <laughs> oh, yeah. up, hitting up live to celebrate the the big dub <laughs> totally. right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you we'll make we'll, we'll
0: that happen. I'm oh, sorry, go Just, ahead,
3: Chris. Justice Rich, Jake, so much, uh, so much love for you guys. Thanks for having us. It was great to meet you. Been on a couple of these, but this one might be the best one. You guys know what you're talking about. You guys are professional. Really appreciate being on here. <laughs> People can search Chris Collins you for me. Stop. I use- uh but um, really nice to meet you guys and Go Bills. It's going to be a great season. Let's talk uh let's talk more football soon. Thank you. Absolutely. These guys, <laughs> right, guys both
0: individually, they make great videos, so go check out their content. Absolutely Definitely. amazing stuff. Thanks. Thank you guys. So appreciate you. Bills. Thank go Bills. Go, Bills. go, go, go Bills.
2: Bills. All right. That was awesome. Absolutely. All right. So, um I did I one, I, oh, oh, I, I want to talk I want to talk about that thing that they said with uh Levi Levi plays 10 yards off because if Levi, they, they already brought it up. If Levi has to play press, he's going to grab someone and get called for holding because of his, how lacking he is athletically. So I, it, it's just kind of, they have a limitation there with him. And I really think that this team, I feel like they almost, like, I've, we've seen the conspiracy theories. I'm not going to name people out by name, but saying that they purposely have a bad CB2 to make Trey look good. But, I, it it almost feels like that they don't actively try, and I know they brought in Josh Norman past his prime, and uh, Justice, I'll tell you who said that later, and you won't. You'll is be it, like, oh, pff, I, I you'll be I like, oh, oh, I know. All right, but like, I it it almost feels like they actively this year were just like, no, we're good with Levi. Like we brought him back. Yeah, we're 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 good with that. Like I I think that the Bills could have easily went out there. There were dudes on the market who they could have brought in to just make that act that cornerback two room better and made the competition even bigger and would have had a chance to get an upgrade at that position, but they just didn't, I guess they really didn't feel that it was a position they needed to upgrade at. All right. Now
0: defensive line we've invested in, hopefully these guys pan out that's yet to be seen. So, you know, we, we, We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later to see kind of what they do when they give them a chance. Cause you know, rookie second year pro, there's, you know, some time left for them to develop, right? Mm-hmm. CB2 and offensive line, which do you think is more pertinent for our success as a football team? King rich. Oh, I'm sorry. Guard play going forward.
4: Uh, offensive line guard play or a cornerback or a cornerback two Yep. Um, you got to protect the prize possession, right? Josh Allen, uh, two hundred and fifty-eight million dollars. Our franchise quarterback. Uh, uh, games are won in the trenches, so yes, the offensive line is something that, uh, we we definitely have to improve upon. If we had to pick between the two to 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 try to improve the most or first, it's definitely uh that offensive line. The problem is. The season has started. <laughs> so now you're going to have to be a hell of a coach and make some great adjustments to match the liabilities and deficiencies we do have along the offensive line and the CB2. The season just started. We had a whole off season to try to rectify this, and we're already talking about this in week one. So hopefully the coaching staff adjusts and makes the proper calls in terms of knowing who should be on the field, and we don't have to make this an ongoing conversation throughout the season. So that's what we're going to hope, and we have to fix that offensive line first. We have to keep Josh upright. I don't like the fact that we're taking advantage we're using Josh Allen for his athletic abilities just because he can escape doesn't mean we want him to use it all the time right so our offensive line is in my opinion should be first priority
0: absolutely um I, I agree 100 percent now there was a question uh Maston Park. he says oh I used to go to Maston <laughs> he says uh when your cb2 is limited athletically it really hurts you when you play teams with multiple good wide receivers right so jake we play teams like the chiefs tyreek hill uh travis kelsey mccall Hartman. i mean you know a, mm-hmm. a ton of talent we play teams like the titans obviously aj brown julio jones we play teams like the buccaneers mike evans chris godwin antonio brown Do, um, and even the panthers uh robbie Anderson uh Curtis on uh, not Curtis Samuel who's DJ Moore? DJ Moore DJ Moore thank you do you do you think that they can be the, the Levi will be a liability versus teams like that
2: I mean I I just spoke on it yeah I think so if he really if we're going to have to go against teams like that I mean Levi it feels like he's it's a roller coaster with Levi right like it feels like some games He's kind of doing really well and he's got the guy like you don't hear much from the less you hear from Levi Wallace the better, right? But like it's 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 very very concerning. I didn't really get my input on that last question where I think the offensive line obviously is the more important thing just because like we saw what happened. We have Josh Allen who I'm going to say is athletically Like Cam Newton, we saw what happened to Cam Newton when they basically ran him into the ground, and eventually injuries got to him. Like we gotta keep Josh Allen basically pristine, all shiny and nice. And yeah, um, we were really, really like I knew it was gonna be a problem when coming into out of the preseason, and we cut down the fifty three. Sean McDermott still could not tell us who the starter was going to be on the offensive line saying it was still a battle that they were looking at. I was like, that's what the preseason is for, for you to figure out what your line is going to be. So there's an obvious problem there. I think we need to do something about it. Obviously, like right now, you want to keep the same offensive line together. We're talking about it's only week one. They could do better next week and onward. We're not talking about this anymore. But when it comes to the CB2 spot, yeah, I think it's going to be a problem when we go against these teams that have a bunch of burners on both sides. Um, We're going to have to really scheme to be able to help Levi Wallace in those situations, and I think that's just going to detract what we're going to be able to do on the rest of the field against other players.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Speaking to the offensive line, Jake, Lone Wolf says at this point Mago can't play better. He's been at his ceiling since we've signed him. Do you think that Mongo could turn it around, or do you think we just need to move on next year period?
2: see that's uh i'm I'm going to say that, yeah, Mongo has hit his ceiling. We know the kind of player that he is. We've seen what he can do basically when he's playing at his best, and i we it's obvious that we could use an upgrade there at that position. I don't remember how they structured his new contract. Is there an out after one year or is it two? Probably,
0: I would imagine.
2: I thought maybe it was like a three year deal. You can get out after two. Um, We'll probably have to look that up. But anyway, I think even Mongo is a backup dude. Like, I like that. So, like, I don't think we have to completely dump him if we don't have to. But I think that there's obviously room for, I mean, We've said it, the Chiefs went out and their offensive line, we know what happened to it. They let guys go that they didn't think anybody thought they were going to let go, and then they brought in guys like Joe Thune, and then they brought in Orlando Brown. Like They brought in dudes because they knew that that was going to be a problem if injuries were to arise, and God forbid injuries happen on our offensive line, dude. Like What it's looking like now, I I don't even want to know what it looks like if a couple of those dudes get injured.
1: Absolutely, I
2: I agree. Um,
0: I think Mongo would be a pretty good rotational piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a f- you know fresh Mongo coming in and you know punching him in the mouth on a run play, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I just need to see it. Um, I, I think he's proven that he shouldn't be a starter on this team. Uh, both guards, honestly, from both positions. Uh, I, I don't. It, what do you guys think should be? the the way to fix this problem moving forward do you want to see uh them draft guys like cody Ford and develop them through the draft or do you want to just go out there and and pay a a already well-developed guard
2: so i um i'll i'll just hit on this real quick and then we'll get a rich um look we're at the point to where yeah we can draft a dude but you better be drafting a stud right out because we don't have time for you to. You can draft a dude and bring somebody in. Like, I don't think that that's a problem. If you want to draft someone and develop them, like, unless they're going to be a stud right out of the gate, that doesn't help you. So, if you're going to draft a dude and develop them, you need to bring somebody in because right now we're in the window. Everybody, we talk about it. We're in the window. And right now we don't have much, like, Obviously, we're going to have time. As long as you have Josh Allen, you're going to be in the window. But like right now, while it's wide open, like if this is going to be a serious problem, I don't see how being this season, say it's lackluster and we don't get where we want to be again, how you can't see that there's obvious problems on the offensive line because we know he knows about it from the presser after last season where he talked about the run game deficiencies, not being all on the running backs, alluding to the offensive line, and then him bringing in competition for the offensive line this year that just didn't pan out in the preseason and training camps. So they know it's a problem. And I think if you're really shooting for the Super Bowl right now, you can draft a dude and develop him, which is why I know we got Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle and those guys. But if you're really – trying to do something now you gotta go get a guy like you you need to go get somebody
0: king rich how should we rebuild this offensive
2: line
4: it's just it's i'm i'm upset that i'm talking about this with week one of the season You yeah. gotta watch the rest of this offensive line for the duration of the season uh but rebuilding uh, let's let's start with the Buffalo Bills in terms of how they attack the offseason. Now, it's early. We're going to obviously see things play out, but in my opinion, the Buffalo Bills were in a position where we were supposed to get, again, I'm not no expert. I'm not the coach. I'm not the GM. Go get some damn impact players. All the players we need right now need to be players of impact. Go ahead and get better and apply pressure. That's what I wanted to see from our Buffalo Bills go get an impact player at the cornerback position, go get an impact pair, player at the wide receiver position. Who, shit, I know we got wide receivers, but go and get more dynamic impact players at whatever position uh, n- are necessary, in, in, in my opinion. And what we did was we got players that could be good with development, which is fine. But we are at the stage, just like a, a Jake alluded to, is we, we can hoist the Lombardi trophy. And once we're in that position, we need to go get players of impact. So in terms of fixing the offensive line right now, all we can do is, is hope. Hope that uh, individuals can perform better. Hope that John Feliciano can perform better as an individual. Hope that Cody Ford can perform better as an individual. And hope our coaching staff can also mask some deficiencies that our weaker players do have. So in terms of this season, um, that's what we got to hope for in terms of uh, patching up our offensive line and hope that they can improve uh, as the year goes on. Absolutely. Um,
0: Before we get out of here, I do want to get game picks and scores from you guys, if you don't mind, for the uh, Bills-Miami game next week. Jake, what are you thinking?
2: Oh boy. All right. I didn't think about this. Uh, let's see. Obviously, I think the Bills are going to go down to Miami, and I think it's going to be a bounce back game. Um, I still think that there's going to be some fit. Thi- like, it seemed like Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Allen weren't exactly on the same page come this week. Hopefully, they work on it in practice. They look at the game film, maybe, you know, that connection gets a little bit better. Obviously Miami's secondary isn't what you would call the best in the league. They do have Xavier and Howard. So, you know, they're going to do something. They're going to try to neutralize Stefan Diggs. We really need our other wide receivers. I big Gabe Davis guy. I literally just bought a signed Gabe Davis UCF Jersey so that I can hang it up here. And like, I'm I'm a huge Gabe Davis guy. I loved, he was the only one who scored a touchdown last week. Like mm-hmm. I, I think we just need our other dudes to step up. I'm going to say, that with how our defense was looking this game i'm gonna say it's going to probably be i'm gonna say miami 73 to 2 i would i I love that but i'm gonna say it's going to be 7 17 to 31
0: 17 31
2: Uh, 31 to 17 bills
0: all right buffalo bills with the w according to jake jordan king rich what you thinking brother
4: I'm thinking 27-20, the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Uh, Miami Dolphins. They do have more weapons. Will Fuller's coming back. Um, uh, I like Jalen Waddle. Uh, they're playing at home, so I think we're gonna we're we're gonna win this game. We're gonna take the lead. They're gonna try to battle back at the end, score a late touchdown, and the Bills was gonna end up winning. Uh, 27 to 20 and we, we we get off this this two game losing streak
2: i i don't first uh lone wolf is dropping a bunch of stuff in the comments post june first cut for feliciano uh it's seven hundred and fifty thousand dead cap and i believe uh, this is post june first and then it's five four point five savings next year if they were to get rid of him so mm-hmm. i like that and then the uh, bills 26 to 23 lone wolf i do not want it to be that close i cannot handle another game like that my heart is yeah. going to ca- obviously you get out with a dub that's fine but i would like for the i would like for the bills to put their foot down in the division like hey we might have got bounced by the steelers weird week one but we still own the afcs that's kind of what i want to see
0: I think it's interesting that we're seeing a lot of a lot more conservative scoring, especially after mm-hmm. the week one performance. yeah I' um, I'm kind of terrified to give the real answer that I want to say <laughs> but if um, you even <laughs> bro yeah because I'm 17 and no I'm that guy right and yeah. uh, now, now I got egg on my face um I still think that again the reason we lost was execution right mm-hmm. I feel like if we clean some things up we'll be fine right. Um, and I think that the defense was masterful, right? They were put in a lot of bad positions and, and they answered the call for the most part. Um, so I don't think Tua is going to be able to do anything versus them. I think Tua is probably going to start his path upon being benched this week. Um, and I think that that might happen pretty soon. And so I'm going to say that the Bills win, uh, I'll say 35. 17. Um, and and uh, yeah, that's that's what I'll go with real Big, quick. We got my oh, man yeah. Izzy in the house, appreciate the love, Izzy. Love you, brother. Just came from work 45 24. I'm assuming he's gonna say Bills, Bills. Yeah, Dolphins, I,
2: we, it's Izzy, you know, it's Bills, <laughs> Bills. <laughs> yeah. <picking> the Bills. <laughs> but just looking at it too. I mean, like, like I alluded to earlier, I didn't want to be on Twitter because the Dolphins are the number one team in the AFC East right now, according to the standings. Uh, but I just want to let people know they got to play us, the Raiders, then the Colts, and then the Bucks. So they won't be number one for much longer. I'll let you know that because for sure. we play we played them, the Washington Football Team with Taylor Heineke. Which you know, mm. say what you will about that. I think that game is probably a little bit more dangerous now with Taylor Heineke back there, uh, just because of what it, his skill set brings to the table with his legs. Um, and then we played the Houston Texans, which apparently. With the, I ever everybody loved the numbers that Ty Rob was putting up. Uh, I had to tell my brothers in fantasy, don't get fooled by it. They don't play the Jaguars every single week, so mm-hmm. I. I But I think that that Houston game, too, is like you cannot overlook any of these games this year. I mean, I we all kind of, we kind of went into this year. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, Houston, like these teams don't just lay down for you. And I, I forget who I was listening to. They was saying, like, dude, look, the the Bills made it to the AFC championship game. None of these teams are laying down for you. They are gunning for you every single time they play you because a win over you makes them look so much better. So you, like, you are the hunted now. And that's why I love that the team got punched in the mouth the first week because I think it kind of just instills that, hey, we can lose. We're not, you know, like, we're as susceptible as any other team every single week. Now, obviously, it's on to Miami, and I cannot wait. That's going to be a great game. And then the next week (laughs) against the Washington football team, I'm up there in Buffalo, so I can't be waiting to rock with Bill's Mafia. That's going to be great.
0: awesome awesome Awesome. can't wait to see you up at the uh the football team game um real quick i I did want to you know give a shout out to tyrod to rod taylor i think he played amazing Mm -hmm. i think he finally let the ball fly he finally hopefully is is believing in his his ability and i think he's very talented so i would love to see him continue to thrive every week except for when they play us yeah just Um, not against us yeah exactly but i am rooting for tyrod um again I uh, appreciate we I'm sorry, we appreciate every single one of you guys that they came and supported us today. Every mm-hmm. single one of you guys in the chat that, you know, uh, was with us the entire time. Or even if you were just here partially, we still appreciate all the love and support Uh we got. We want to thank you so much, King Rich, for joining us today. Check out. Oh, yeah. zoology. Uh Check out. I'm sorry, I'm blanking. uh Buffalo
2: Blueprint. Blueprint. It's Absolutely. Back. Matter of, fact, matter
4: of fact i'll be on tomorrow me and uh Dwayne will be on tomorrow with the buffalo blueprint tomorrow 9 30. perfect
0: 9 30. okay Go to buffalo youtube channel guys already put it in your calendar set yourself a reminder hey siri remind me <laughs> a rich is going to be on <laughs> buffalo blueprint tomorrow at 9 30 yes sir and then yes, sir. of course we got Jay rich I'm sorry, AJ. Jay (laughs) 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 Rick. You got my (laughs) man, Jake Jordan, (laughs) the Captain America, my Iron Man, my partner in crime. Uh, Check out The Lowdown every single Friday on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Check out Maximum Marvel every single Wednesday. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get that started back this week. Um, So go ahead and support those uh, platforms. And then, um, you know, me, obviously, Justice General, uh, got The Windchill Factor every single Tuesday first round by every single Monday. And then we got home field advantage with my brother caveman every single Wednesday. So uh, please go ahead and support those and maximum marble on Wednesday as well. Yep. Beef. <laughs> Beef. <Absolutely. laughs> but again, we want to pre we appreciate every single one of you guys that, that support just, you know, anything you do all the, all the love you guys show built Buffalo. We really appreciate it. Uh, but until then
4: signing off justice, a rich uh, Jake, Deuce.